As the world is writing a new story of global kinship, Postmodern Missionary dives into what it means to be a missionary pushing against the heritage of colonialism. Join Reverend Katie Meek as she explores life and faith in Sierra Leone. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Postmodern Missionary Podcast. I am currently quarantining during Corona. Um, but I thought it would be fun to go back into um, this conversation with my friend L- Lorraine Sharenda. Now, someday I'm going to get all of my stuff together and actually put out a podcast in the same calendar year that I record it. But today is not that day. <laughs> so um, this was a conversation that I had with Lorraine um, almost, well, a little over a year ago now in South Africa. Um, Lorraine is like a boss. And um, the more I have been friends with her, the more impressed I am with her. Um, and uh, she's kind of like the darling of the missionary community, it seems. <laughs> Oftentimes when you see things, pictures coming out of um of specifically Africa, uh, it, it's with her farm and um, she's just a really amazing human being and I'm really looking forward to letting you guys hear it. I wanna say more, um, but I think I won't. Um, I'll, I will say one thing. One of my favorite things about being a missionary is learning about the diversity in Africa. Um, I think we often say Africa as as though it's one thing, um, but the truth is it's as diverse as Europe or um, any other place where there's multiple countries and multiple um, languages spoken and you know all of that kind of thing. So um, my experience with Zimbabweans is that I love them so much, um, and they're um, they're culturally I think very different than Sierra Leoneans. So um, you'll probably hear some of that as well. Her accent's definitely different. And I'm, I'm loving that I'm learning how to pick up um, different accents in Africa. In fact, we have two missionaries in Sierra Leone who are Zimbabwean. And when they showed up, I said, oh, you sound like Lorraine. <laughs> um, and uh, so every time I'm around them, it feels comforting because it sounds to me like Lorraine. So anyway, I hope you guys fall in love with her as I have and really enjoy this conversation. It was a real joy to listen back to. So I hope you enjoy it too. Okay, hello and welcome to the Postmodern Missionary Podcast. I have a very special guest today. Um, Her name is Lorraine and um, she and I have not been friends actually that long, if you think of the grand scheme of life, Um, but we have become really close friends very quickly. So anyway, Lorraine, hi. Hello. Hey, Katie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Just introduce yourself Mm -hmm. and tell us what you do. Okay, my name is Lorraine Charinda. I'm a missionary. I'm serving in the Congo. So I have been a missionary for almost one year and two months. And I come from Zimbabwe. Okay. So um, we met in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. Georgia, or just outside, Mm -hmm. and um, at at missionary training because you and I were commissioned together. Yes. So that is our history. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I have to say to all the people that Lorraine is my heart. Um, She, when I first moved to Sierra Leone, um, I felt just completely, 
I don't know if I've told you this, Lorraine. I, d- I really, well, you know that we both kind of commiserated over the early days of being a missionary and being alone in yes, a new country new and all of that. Um, but I will say that it was like, it, it was really strange to think on this whole continent, there's nobody that I have history with. On the whole continent of Africa, <laughs> I have no history with anybody. <laughs> um, but then I remembered you, Lorraine, and I was like, no, I have history with Lorraine. And just to know that you were two countries over, three countries over, however many over, like, mm-hmm. it's not even easy to get to Congo, but, like, just to know that if I needed to, I could, mm-hmm. and you were there, was really, really comforting early on. Um, so, anyway, I just want to say thanks for that. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so let's talk about how we met. Mm-hmm. Do you remember meeting me for the first time? Yes, I remember uh, the first time I met you when you came for the missionary training. It was in Atlanta, mm-hmm. at Calvin Center. So you came, but we're really not uh, on speaking terms the first days, no. I remember. Yes, we're just saying a cordial hi and passing each other and because you're just a fellow missionary. Mm. But then we got to talk more during the days of the training. I think it was in the midst of the second week. That's when we really now got to see Tog. And we found out that we have some things in common. Yeah, Yeah, we really do. And we really like the the time, the talk that we spent compared to others. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember just because before we left Atlanta, you said, ah, Lorraine, you are one of the, my favorite people. I think you're the, my favorite person. <laughs> well, it's true. In this I say, me too. I was thinking the same. <laughs> yes. So I have to tell you what I thought the first time I met you. Because, okay, I have to confess it to you. But I, in my defense, they told us that we, there were only going to be five of us being trained. Mm-hmm. And so I got there and I met Matsimbe, who's from uh, Mozambique, mm-hmm. and Temba, who's also from Zimbabwe. Yes. And I met, uh, I think maybe Carmen mm-hmm. and um, Emily, Emily, and then me, and that made five. Mm-hmm. And then you came out mm-hmm. and you introduced yourself, Lorraine, mm-hmm. from Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, she must be Temba's wife. <laughs> That's what I thought the first time I met you. <laughs> I know now it's kind of laughable. Yeah. It's very <laughs> no, especially funny. knowing that like Temba is very well matched with his new wife mm. and you know, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was very confused the first day and a half or so. Yes. And then like Bong came into the room and I'm like, who are the, all these people and why are they here? Because they told us it was only going to be five, but then it ended up being seven. Like mm. you, you were not going to be able to come. And then you ended up mm. last minute being mm. able to come. Is that right? Yes. Because I had some visa issues in the first place. I went to Namibia, they refused a visa for me, then I had to go back to Zimbabwe. That's when I got my visa. Okay. Mm. All right. (laughs) Um, And so, let's see, we we did two and a half, maybe two weeks of training, like not very many. Uh, And we were commissioned in October. Mm -hmm. And then you and I have had a very similar timeline. It was very Mm -hmm. quick for us. Like there were some of the... um, global ministries missionaries that were commissioned with us that didn't end up in country until like february yes Mm -hmm. but like you i think you might have been the first one to go Mm -hmm. 
it was yes i think so oh yes i was the first one to go because temba was the first one but then he went back to zimbabwe right yeah. right so in a way i was the first one yeah okay so maybe it was you and i that left around the same time but mm. you ended up getting there first first yeah um so yeah because my my arrival date is november 16th mm. 2017 me it was 15 okay so yeah mm. we were like right at the same yes. time mm. coming into new places mm. um and you okay so you grew up in zimbabwe and lived in namibia, in namibia. um for most of your adult life really yes <laughs> and then um and then have now moved to the drc yes so tell us about what you're doing there Okay, in the DRC, um, I'm working with the United Methodist Church, the North Katanga Episcopal area. It's uh, under Bishop Mandy Myombo. So what I'm doing is managing their farms. Uh, the church have 12 farms in the, in the Episcopal area, but uh, only one is functional at the moment. Mm. So we are trying to see uh, ways where we can resuscitate the other farms. So my main work now is uh, measured on one farm. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Kamisamba Farm. So what we do there, we mostly do trainings. We have a training center. We invite uh, people from the different districts. We have 24 districts. We have uh, normally two people per districts come. Mm. Then uh, we provide uh, training in agriculture. Those people are responsible to do that same training in their different districts. Oh, so you're uh, training trainers. Yes, training of trainers. Okay. Then uh, we also have internship students who come from the different um, universities or college or even schools, high school, because they have an agriculture program. They come for internship. Uh, it varies from one week until two months, I think, somewhere. So they come, they stay also at the, at the farm, do practical. We have um, production area that we are doing production is about 20 hectares mm. so what we are doing now is a production of vegetables like uh, chinese cabbages cabbages tomatoes onions yeah and other small vegetables local vegetables mm. then we also have animal production so for the animal we have pigs and we have cows and we have goats mm. <laughs> Uh, this year, we plan to increase our production and also start chicken production. Mm. Wow. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And you're <laughs> like the boss, right? Like you you run the farm and you mm. have a lot of people that work for you. Yes. Sadly, I'm the only woman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. On that farm. Yeah. So I We're have 15 people working under me. Wow. That's great. Yes. So uh, I'm the director of the farm and the training center. And also we don't have only that farm in the department. We also have a carpentry section mm -hmm. and a milling section. So they are wow. the, mil the carpentry is functional. The milling we are in the process of, of resuscitating it also. Okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. My, one of my favorite, I think it was on... Um, I think it was on Instagram, one of your pictures you said, and this is <laughs> this is like just confirmation why I love you so much. You, There's a picture of you with like your entire staff, maybe or something like that. And then <laughs> you said, you said <laughs> and it's of course all men, mm. which there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. We love men. Mm. But you said, um, <laughs> you said, uh, I am the only woman, but I do not fear because I am the boss. <laughs> 
I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it does take a strong woman to, I think, I would imagine, especially in agriculture, mm. to lead a group of men. Yes. Mm. Um, and and uh, I would imagine that you've had to prove yourself more than once. Uh, the first, for me, it's actually twice <laughs> difficult than other places because the culture in that setting is the men on top of the woman. Mm. And women are not allowed to say anything. If there's a meeting, uh, if they had their way, women will not attend those meetings. Mm. So they just attend there, but they are not allowed to say anything. So now for a woman to come mm -hmm. and be the boss... Right. And also younger than all of them. Right. It was a big challenge. Yeah. yeah. So this is the, the first challenge, I think. Once they see you, you are a woman. Yeah. They say, mm, mm, we cannot listen to this one already. Even if you're going to say anything that makes sense. But just because you're a woman already, they've closed their ears. Right. Mm. Right. So you've had to kind of work twice as hard to earn their respect. Yes, yes, yes. But it seems to me like you, like it's running pretty smoothly. Um, I mean, you've 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 had to fight your way into some of that leadership, but but it seems yes. to me like things are pretty successful at this point. Yes. Uh, at some point, I had to be very hard, be mm -hmm. strict, mm -hmm. and I say whoever doesn't like me or doesn't approve of me. The road is open. <laughs> the door is open. You can just leave. Right. I need to work with people who accept me as who I am and who respect me in my work, yeah. in my job and my ways. So I started my work and they could see. I think the one of the things that they really that really got them on my side was I used to do production at my house. Mm. Not I used to, I'm still doing it at <laughs> my house. So I would um, do all the vegetables before we even do them on the farm. So then they would start to see now, um, I was inviting them to my house, come and see my garden. Mm. Then they would see the garden is really looking beautiful and nice. Mm -hmm. And the kind of, of products that I'm having are very high quality and they really uh, have a different um, quality texture. That's yep. awesome. And, and, and taste. I remember one of my workers, he came, I gave him tomatoes. Mm -hmm. He really appreciated those tomatoes. He said they are more sweet than the ones they usually produce. Wow. And they were very big. <laughs> <laughs> so they appreciated and they started to say, oh, we need this. Yeah. So then I would go to the farm and I show them how to do it. Now they appreciate it. But it was not an easy road. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but to have accomplished what you have in a year is pretty mm. impressive, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think it I think part of it is also just the day in and day outness of mm. of running a farm. Yes. Because you're uh, you're up early morning mm. and you know doing things in the dirt with them, mm. right? That has to be one of the most difficult tasks I was given because um my position really was not being in and out on the farm every day mm -hmm. because I have also an office to run right. and that carpentry and milling section they are not on the farm they are in other uh, <laughs> wow, okay. and they're in other sites and at the office there's all we also have a development office and uh, it's part of my um my territory again wow. I have to go and manage people at the office again wow <laughs> so I had to make sure that I'm at the farm every day and I'm also in the office 
<laughs> Lady. It's not easy, I tell you. Yeah. And I think part of it also because I was not married, so I didn't have that um obligation to be at home always. Right. Yeah. So it it really um I, I cannot say easy, but in a way easy for me. There's <laughs> a certain benefit to being single. Yes. I think in mission work. So I could wake up anytime I want to go to the farm and I can come up back to my house anytime. Right. And no one would ask me. Right. So I would make sure in the uh, at farm at the farm I go early in the morning. Mm. I finish all the farm work by twelve. Then by one o'clock I'm in the office. Nice. Mm. And wow. I'm also overseeing what they are doing. Wow. So it was going back and forth in the different sites. Oh my goodness. Mm. Yeah. And for a while you didn't have a driver, right? No. I oh didn't my have. goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was crazy. Um. So. Uh, you were trained. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think what I want to get to next. Yeah, we'll do this first. You were trained at Africa University, yes. which is kind of one of the United Methodist Church's like babies, darlings. Yes. Um, and, and what I understand the, the kind of vision of Africa University is that it would be essentially a university for all of Africa. Mm-hmm. That people could come and a really quali- high quality university for the people can send their um, their student well essentially high potential people to um and it's in zimbabwe yes and um what uh we'll talk about the rest of that in a bit but um so you went there and you studied ag Mm -hmm. agriculture like what made you choose it well for me it's it's quite a funny story at some point if you look at at it i didn't have agriculture in mind in the first place Mm. Uh, my parents always wanted me to be a doctor. Really? I wanted pharmacy. Wow. But my family's uh, history was in agriculture. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's funny how the family history comes back yes. to grab you and pull you in. Uh-huh. <laughs> so my grandfather in, uh, from both sides, from my mother's side and my father's side, they were big farmers. Mm. From my mother's side, they were big um, maize and, and wheat uh, producers. Okay. On my father's side, they were big cotton producers. Okay, cotton. Mm. Yes. So uh, we grew up in a, I can say in a farm setting, whereby we used to go to the village and to the farm and also help out, especially in times of harvest. My grandfather would call all the people in the community come and they do contract work just for the work to be finished. Mm-hmm. Then afterwards, you'd um, slaughter a cow, goat, and have a big party. Wow. So it was in a loving manner, I, I would say, where right. the community is there, you are celebrating. Right. So for me, um, agriculture, I didn't think of how hard it can be in the field. But <laughs> what I thought only of agriculture was the love and the yeah. fun. The and party. All those things. Yeah, the <laughs> You're party. like, I want to get in this for the party. <laughs> yes, because I was thinking that's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I went to, to high school, uh, I was doing the science programs. And uh, really, I didn't have agriculture in mind because for me, I was battling. My parents wanted doctor right. to be, me to be a doctor. Me, I wanted pharmacy. Then I actually got a place in South Africa mm. mm-hmm, to study pharmacy. Really? But it was starting in February mm-hmm. um, of 2009. But then my uncle... Uh, in, in, in near uh, Africa University. He said, no, Lorraine, but why are you sitting? You can just go to Africa University, see the programs which are there. If you don't like them, 
still you are going next year to to the university then i said ah okay let me try so we just went without even consulting my parents <laughs> i remember i was in namibia i came then we went to to Africa University. So he said, I didn't even know mm-hmm. what he had registered because he registered when I was not there. Mm. I didn't know what he registered for. So then when he, when we arrived then, then he was giving me my, my letters and, and all those things. I got to read on the paper that it's agriculture. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I just said, ah, okay. Because I was up up for anything that right. time. <laughs> you might as well try whatever. Yes. Yeah. Then so when I got into the program, I met amazing people, amazing lecturers, and mm-hmm. that atmosphere was just good, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with agriculture then. My parents obviously were <laughs> really were fuming. Were they? Yes, <laughs> because I think they only realized that I'm doing agriculture in the middle of the semester when right. I already started. Then they were saying, oh. By the way, what are you doing? Because in their mind, they already thought, okay, maybe I'm doing medicine. They say, no, I'm in agriculture. I, I know, I know. At that time, I think we spent a month with us speaking with my oh, <laughs> with my <really>? mother. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, that's how I got in, and I got to love the program, mm-hmm. and I continued. That's great. Mm. Okay, um, so I guess your your relationship with your mom has been mended, right? You, yes. You're back together. <laughs> okay, good. And then you have a master's degree as well. Yes. And in what? In agriculture economics. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, and then, so you graduated from Africa University. You go to Namibia. You get your mm. master's degree yes. in Namibia. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like, how long is it between graduating with your master's degree and mm. then deciding you might want to become a missionary? Well, uh, I graduated in 2015, mm-hmm. and then I started uh, my mission work in 2017. Okay, so not uh, very long. Not very long. Okay. Yes. Uh, actually, what made me to go to missionary... Oh, it's a long story coming from back, but I'm just speaking uh, on, in 2015 and 17 between those years. Uh, there was a lecturer of mine, I told you before, I met amazing people. Mm-hmm. He was a missionary. Mm. His name is Larry Keys. Yeah, we so, I just met him. Yes. <laughs> so he's been a missionary for a long time mm. and he's been at African University for a long time. We always kept in touch. Mm-hmm. So for me, in a way, I used to think missionaries are white people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, that is, uh, uh, we only met uh, white missionaries back then all right. my life before. Right. Mm. So for me, it was not even a surprise when I met Larry King at, at uh, uh, Larry Keys at African University. Yeah, he's, a, he's a white American. He's a white American, mm-hmm. and mm. his wife is a uh, white. She's from um, the she's from the UK originally, mm-hmm. but hasn't lived there. I think in like yes. I don't know fifty years yes. or something crazy. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so it's when now when we're talking and relating over the years. Uh, when I was talking with Larry, then he was telling me about his fellow missionaries. And I remember at one point he showed us and they were black missionaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Are these your associates or, or what? Because I was thinking maybe they're just helping them, but they are not missionaries, tagged right. as missionaries. Right. But then now that's when he started to explain, no, maybe missionaries uh, can be anyone. And it's not only, because we also used to think uh, missionaries are pastors. Right. Um, they would walk around with their Bibles, <laughs> maybe with sweets <laughs> afterwards. 
That's interesting. Yeah. But uh, then he started to explain more about missionaries all over the world, uh, all over Africa, also the programs that they are doing. And him is a missionary in agriculture. Yeah. He's not a pastor, <laughs> but yeah. he's a missionary in agriculture. So that's that got me interested because mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh, okay, so I can do this because <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to serve at some point. I didn't know how to preach, how to stand in front of people. I always get nervous. You did very well yesterday, though. Yes, <laughs> you you led a devotional yesterday. You did very well. <laughs> Thank anyway. you. So. I w- I used to think, okay, what can I do? How can I serve? Mm. Then um, well, through Larry, yeah, mm-hmm. I could see, no, he can do agriculture. So we always kept in touch even after he left Africa University. He always sent us, even his newsletters at some point, mm-hmm. he sent us. So that's when uh, he told me about the position that that, mm-hmm. that was open for agriculture. He told me to apply, encouraged me to ap- apply. Then I applied. But unfortunately, it took quite a while for them to get back to me. Yeah. So for me, I'd forgotten about that, that wow. I had r- applied for that. So only one time, uh, the HR manager, I think it was Alejandro. Yeah. Yeah. She contacted, she said, oh, sorry, we, we, we didn't uh, do anything about this position. Are you still interested? Can you apply again? I said, oh. Wow. Like really, but I already applied. and say no, just for the system, uh, for you to to be entered into the system. So that's when I started the process. Wow! And it took about I think eight months. Yeah. Because mm. we started, I she reached out in January, and we only went for training in September. Then got commissioned in October. When did you mm. know you had the job? Uh, like essentially right after your interview? No, not really. It was. I think a month after. Wow, okay. Yes. She was uh, saying, okay, we'll contact you. They are still deciding on it. But we recommended you to the board. So it's up to them to make the final decisions. That's why it took uh, a month. Mm. Okay, wow. Mm. So when you say you've always wanted to serve, what Mm. do you mean by that? Okay, um, for me, I've seen, I had seen the way my grandparents used to do for the community. Mm. Especially my grandfather from my mother's side. He used to work in South Africa for many years. Mm. Then he retired. He went back home and he bought a farm. It was a very big farm. I think it's it's close to 250 or 300 hectares. Mm. When he bought that farm, his main passion was to save his community. What can he do for his community? Of course, he had been uh, away from the country for so many years, but he wanted mm. to give back. So he uh, bought a milling, a milling machine for the, for the community, he put it at the center, then anyone could come and also um, mill the, the, their maize. Wow. Because uh, in that time, there was no any milling around. People used to walk, uh, I think, three kilometers or five kilometers just to get to a mill. A mill. Wow, oh <laughs> yeah. my goodness. So he, he bought a milling, milling mill, then he milling machine right yeah then he put it and he was also calling people to do contract work not Mm. that uh, we could not do it because we had tractors and stuff but he just wanted for people to have an income in the society Mm. then at the end of the year he would call everyone not his farmers but just everyone in the community 
as I say, slaughter a cow, we go do a party for them. Right. Yeah. So for him, that was his giving back to the community yes. that he had left uh, many times. So I always wanted to do something like that. To say, mm. no, you know, your grandfather is your role model. You also want to follow in his footsteps. Mm. Unfortunately, he committed suicide at some point. But oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, then, so I always wanted to, to carry on that legacy of him. I wanted to do something, especially for the rural people, for the uh, people I'd seen suffering. And there are so many stories we had of, of, of people who were helped by him and they achieved something in life and they went on to be, because he was also a mentor to some people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's where m- I I can say my passion to save started. Yes, there are so many attributes along the way <laughs> right. when I was growing up which contributed to that, but I can say my foundation was laid there. Well, and it speaks to how mm. important it is to have a model for that kind of life and yes. living. Like, like mm. you, you know, you as a child were watching the mm. adults around you yes. and inspired mm. by that kind mm. of model. Mm. Okay, so tell us about... Um, like why agriculture in what way is agriculture mission mm. i guess yes uh for me in my place of assignment i can say agriculture the way agriculture spoke to me in my services there are so many people who are who are poor and have nothing and the government cannot do anything even their families cannot do anything yeah some of these people are, they're lucky to have one meal a day yes yeah and they live on like what 50 cents a day yes. or something like that yes yeah. yes yes so but in like in congo they have the land mm-hmm. these vast lands yeah congo's huge untapped land very fertile land, mm-hmm. I tell you, and there's water throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's uh, making them realize that they have, they have what it takes to, for them to be able to earn a living and to do something about uh, their situation, the poverty. You see, so it's um, like what we, what what I said. We have a training center, mm-hmm. so we empower people. Uh, mm-hmm. We give them trainings. We give them. Uh, uh, um, uh, what can I say? We give them trainings. We also give them advice. We go and monitor mm-hmm. their projects and we help them set up uh, their projects. That's also to motivate them. Right. Because I, I think uh, no one can really give you something like money and you continue to live in that way. You have to be empowered in some way. Right. Mm. Right. So through this, and they see also others, they are evolving and they are now starting uh, to do their own businesses through the, that agriculture. They are able to now to provide for their families, in the, even affording to send their kids to school. They are motivated by that. Yeah. So for me, agriculture is also a ministry mm-hmm. because we are also increasing also the livelihood of people. Right, and you're you're investing in the next generation yes. that they might also be educated yes. and have the foundation that you've mm. had mm. in terms of having a parent or grandparent yes, who yes, knows yes. how to mm. feed and do all that. Mm. You might serve some people, but there are so many indirect beneficiaries. Yeah. Mm. Because it's one thing, yes, maybe a a father can work at the farm, but the income he's providing is able to buy medicines for for the children, he's Mm -hmm. able to send children for the school, it's even able to help his um, extended families Mm -hmm. to do something. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) It's yeah, a big ministry. Yeah, and I, I mean, I like to say that mm. that education is generational. Like mm. a strong, a strong, well-educated um, generation mm. 
educates the next generation well and then like for example in sierra leone um the war completely wiped out the education system Mm -hmm. and um the issue now is we have a generation of people who were not educated in a strong way Mm -hmm. and that means that um that the the teachers don't have the foundation that they need to and then that's generational Mm -hmm. so i do think that there is a sense that like um a spark one spark in one person and in one generation can really motivate and make a difference in the next generation yes, too that's so true yeah mm. um i was gonna say something else oh i i also think something i was thinking while you were talking about empowerment mm. because it it is interesting that they have the land mm. like they have it in front of them mm. and it's just a question of i think it's education but also mm. also i think that so what I see in Sierra Leone is that it feels to me like a confidence issue. Mm. Um, and, and I think that that has something to do with, um, the centuries of colonialism that has, that have embedded in people, Mm. this idea that they don't have what it takes. Mm. They don't have what they need. Mm. They need somebody else to come and give them what they need or whatever, whatever, whatever. Yes, that's true. So I do think, um, I do think that, that some of what you're doing is also just building confidence in Mm. people. Mm. Yes. Um, so, all right, we should tell people what, what we're doing and why we're together mm-hmm. because, um, you are about to get, you're about to leave in like 25 minutes to get on a plane. Yes. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad. Um, so, uh, here we are a year and some in and every four years, mm-hmm. um, why don't you tell it? You, uh, they've heard me talk. <laughs> what are we doing here? Okay. We're at a missionary gathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when uh, missionaries gather from all over Africa we come together we tell our stories Mm. we tell our challenges our joys everything then we motivate each other and we encourage each other and we also pray for each other Mm -hmm. it's very important because i remember uh, when i went on my place of assignment i was the only one there were times i wish there was someone who could relate with me the situation that was there so it's very helpful for us as missionaries to have a gathering once in every uh, a period Mm -hmm. of time yeah just go ahead just so <laughs> just so we can uh, have the, the strength, that courage, that motivation, those prayers that can make us uh, go ahead in our mission. Yeah, I I was hoping that this was going to be the case that we that we would like be able to meet the other missionaries, at least in the area. Yes. And then I found out that it's not been that long. It's only been two, like eight years, maybe that they've been doing this every four years. Yes. They bring us together by region. Mm. So we're in the African region. Yes. Um, and so Africa, well, it's sub-Saharan Africa, actually. So like every missionary in all of sub-Saharan Africa has mm. been in Sierra Leone for mm. Five days, mm. not Sierra Leone, South Africa for mm. like five days yes. together. So, um, and it was super great. And we mm. ate a lot, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot, a lot of food mm. and had dessert every day yes. and all the things. Mm. But um, so anyway, you're leaving in 25 minutes and I'm leaving in, um, I don't know, like three and a half hours to get yes. to the airport. Yes. And then you're, then you're going to go back to... Congo and I'm going back to Sierra Leone. Yes. And we'll we'll go back to WhatsApp and Marco Polo. Yes. To keep each other <laughs> company. <laughs> 
um well i know that there's probably a hundred thousand more things that we can talk about and maybe we'll do this again yes but i um i did want to to get you on the podcast just just to show the variety of mission work that is done here Mm. um by the by global ministries and um and to and also to hammer home essentially what you said Mm. because i think in the states people have this idea that Mm. missionaries are white and they come from the west and they're pastors Mm. and they come and and start churches yes because that's what they did in the 1800s start Mm. churches and schools or Mm. whatever but um it's a very different day yes so i do have a question what do you think is a missionary now like what's the point why do we do this well for me i think a missionary based on the work that we are doing a missionary is there to empower people in a way because um they they are there they have the resources but i don't know why they are not seeing that they have the resources mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like we are there to 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 raise awareness of the things that you have that they mm. already have they already what's have. already there yes yeah uh, oh i love that um so uh, our work is very important mm-hmm. because uh, it's not everyone that sees uh, what you are seeing mm-hmm. mm. so you have they you are there with your skills with different skills then you are there also to empower them yeah mm. yeah in what they have <laughs> not you're bringing new things but with what they have mm. yeah it's so interesting that like you and we are we have such opposite jobs mm. like i don't ever go outside <laughs> um but at the same time we're in many ways doing the same thing yes um you know what because in my classroom one of my classroom values is the world needs your voice mm. like you have something to mm. give mm. you have something in you that's mm. already there mm. and i'm just trying to draw it yes. out um and it seems to me like that on the agricultural side in many ways it's Mm. just the same thing it's the same uh Mm. just in a different format and Mm. a different way Mm. but we need those babies to eat their tomatoes yes so (laughs) they get strong (laughs) for the next generation yes that's so so true i think that you're doing really good work and i'm and i'm super proud to call you my friend thank you (laughs) <laughs> so um, next time we see each other, it'll be in Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. When you come to visit, like like you have promised, <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been I've been um, on this path for a long for five days now. Yes, <laughs> um, and and we'll be sitting on a beach, and we can do this again. Yes, that's so true. All right, awesome. <laughs> Anything else you think people mean, need to know um, about you and or the mission work that you do and or mission work in general or, mm-hmm. and or anything? Well, for me, um, the sky is not the limit. (laughs) (laughs) I know people want to say the sky is the limit, but there are people who went to Mars all (laughs) over, so the sky is not the limit. So you can do anything Mm. mm, if you put your heart and mind into it. Yeah, Because I used to think missionaries are white, but look at me now, I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's through determination and also also empower yourself it's not about empowering people but empower yourself to do your work well Mm. Mm. and you serve with the heart and with god by your side Mm -hmm. god is very important i think most of the time we tend to forget that Mm he is the one who sent us for that mission so if we put him first in whatever we do everything will go smoothly Mm-hmm. Even the challenges they come, but you have that strength because you know your purpose and you know who is by your side. Mm-hmm. You are not alone in everything that you do. 
Amen. You are a preacher. (laughs) (laughs) I always like to say I'm not a preacher. (laughs) (laughs) But then you just go preaching every once in a while. So I'm just saying. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, um, I'll let you know when this goes live and you can listen to it and send it to your family. Thank you. All right. Awesome. (laughs) I love you, friend. I love you, too. (laughs) All right.